listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I want to talk today about how to provoke wonders before the year comes to an end. And um, it's interesting because I think people, some people, they think it's just going to happen in God's timing whenever he's ready to drop a wonder on you. Um, But truly there are things that we can do that provoke the wonders of God, the intervention of God in our lives. And uh, it's not going to be automatic. It's going to be for the faithful people of God. And, um, and so today I want to show you from the scripture, uh, what I'm talking about and how you can put yourself in position. That's what I've been praying and declaring is Lord, don't let me get to the end of this year and not be in position for promotion, for wonders, for signs, for miracles. And, um, I'm going to take active steps to make sure that I am in position. And I know you are too, but we want to define that. What does it look like to take these active steps of faith? to make sure you're ready uh, for the promotion and the wonders of God. I'll take you to a couple of scriptures first. We're going to talk about it. First of all, to, to just define for you, because you're like, well, what? It, there's people I'm sure that'll watch or listen to the podcast. and be like, what's he talking about wonders? Well, I, I was praying, Lord, this just kept coming out of my spirit over and over and over. And um, I started to study it. And, and the Lord showed me this as I was doing my daily Bible reading. And I got to this passage of scripture in Habakkuk chapter one, which we've gone over in live services. And I want to bring it to your attention again, Habakkuk chapter one, and I'm going to read you verse five. And again, let me give you the context here. The Lord is speaking about the judgment that is coming to Judah, to Israel because of their rebellion, their disobedience. Good morning, Ann, Ashley, Mike Frost. Good to see everybody. Mary Beth, glad you guys are on. Share the broadcast. And so he's going to judge them. Morning, Ben for their, uh, for their disobedience, for their rebellion. But he's going to do it in such a way, according to scripture, that, uh, their minds would be blown by the way that God moves in wonders toward them. Let me read to you the Lord's answer to his people regarding judgment. Habakkuk one five, he said, look among the nations and see wonder and be astounded for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if I told you. And so right off the bat, the Lord is is describing and speaking about his divine ability, how great his divine ability is. And um, it's supernatural because he's saying that the things that I'm getting ready to do in your nation are so great, so wondrous that you wouldn't believe, believe them if I told them to you. And as I was reading that, and of course, I fully understand what, what the context is, but the Lord impressed upon my heart. I'm the same God today that I was back then. Of course, Malachi says that he spoke to them and said, I'm the Lord, your God. I don't change. God doesn't change. His nature doesn't change. His character doesn't change. His power doesn't change. And so I've been on this because the same God that had the power to do wonders of judgment among them is the same God that has the power to do wonders of blessing, provision, healing, and promotion among us today. 
because we are not the disobedient people of the Old Testament. We are the obedient people of the new covenant. And um, one of the things that comes to my mind, even from an Old Testament context, is what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 84 and verse 11, that God will not withhold any good thing from those that walk uprightly. So when you begin to walk in holiness, obedience, when you walk uprightly, it allows God to pour out to you every good thing that he has planned for your life. And uh, good morning, Lauren. I want to show you this uh, in the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter three is where I want to take you because as we start talking about this, I want you to be in position for the goodness of God. I want you to be in position for supernatural signs and wonders. You know, right off the bat, let me just, um, Britt, Britt said at the beginning of the broadcast today, nice jacket. Well, I was, I was referencing, uh, this jacket yesterday in the service and I'll, I'll tell you the, it's just a small thing. It's a small testimony. And, um, it's amazing to me because, uh, the Lord, <laughs> the Lord knows the hearts of his children. He knows what you like. He knows exactly how to bless you. He knows the things that you care about. You know, I I was thinking, I was making this uh, analogy last night or this example that we go to the grocery store. You know, your kids are always like, can I get this? Can I get this? Or they go to Walmart or Target or whatever. Can I get this? And it's, it's something that to you doesn't seem like anything. It's a small thing. For example, it might be a Kinder Egg as you're leaving or some small little toy or some small little candy. You don't care anything about it. And you also know, (laughs) raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. You also know your kids don't need that thing (laughs) because there's like 92 of them at the house that they don't even touch. They don't need it. But you know what makes us happy as parents is to see our children smile and get excited and, uh, and get blessed. We love to see our children get blessed. You know, fathers and mothers that love their children love to see their children get blessed. It's not about the thing. It's not about the little kinder egg. It's not about the little toy. It's not about the thing at the checkout aisle. It's about your love for your child and just wanting to bless them for no reason and just wanting to see them smile and happy and get excited. You know, it's like uh, Christmas morning. My father used to say to me that he was uh, more excited to see me open my presents than he was to get presents. And as a kid, I could not understand that. I was like, are you serious? Presence, you know, but as a father now, I understand what he was talking about, that my greater joy than getting gifts on Christmas morning is watching my children open their gifts and get excited and get pumped up. Why? Not because the gifts mean, mean anything other than it's my way. One of the ways to show them, I love them. It's not about the gift. It's not about a Barbie house. It's not about, you know, a, a Spider-Man video game. It's, it's not about those things. It's about the fact that I love the kids and that I want, you know, the Barbie house doesn't even get played with anymore, but you know, by who I originally bought it for, you know? So it's, it's not about the thing. It's about my desire to see my kids blessed, happy, smiling, excited. Why? That's my love for them as their father. Your father in heaven is the same way. He loves you. He wants to bless you. Jesus made this point in uh, Matthew chapter seven, as he's teaching about the nature and character of God. And he says, you earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children. Which of you, if your child asked you for a fish, would you give him a serpent 
Or if he asked you for bread, a loaf of bread, would you give him a stone? And if you earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your heavenly father know how to give good gifts to those that ask him? And so uh, Jesus is comparing the hearts of natural men and women to the father who's in heaven, who loves you unconditionally and eternally and has a, a much greater desire to bless you than any human ever could. And it blows my mind that the Lord will do little things just to let you know that he loves you. And they don't even have to be big things. That's what blows my mind. They don't even have to be big things. It's not like, you know, I was believing for the mortgage to be paid and it came through. That's, you know, that's something that could mess you up if it doesn't happen. I'm talking about little things. And so here we are, Zach and I uh, arrive in Ontario, Ohio. Okay. Ontario, Ohio. You look it up on Google maps. We're out here in Ontario, Ohio. It's like an hour from any airport that you fly into Columbus, Cleveland. You got to drive because it's out here. And, um, many of you know that I like to follow, uh, soccer and that, that my favorite team is Arsenal, uh, which is a, a British premier league team. You know, they play in, in England. And so it's not an American team. And it's not like we're in a city. This isn't New York City or Miami or Chicago or Washington, D.C. It's Ontario, Ohio. And I go into TJ Maxx. You know, we'd gone in to get some stuff in Target. We saw TJ Maxx and I was like, let's just go and see what they've got. I walk in there with Zach and we're going through the men's stuff, just looking around. And this Arsenal coat pops out. And I'm like, hold on a second. An Arsenal coat in TJ Maxx? in Ontario, Ohio, like what in the world is going on? And so I'm, I'm looking through and uh, did you look too, Zach? Cause I didn't see any other ones, but this one, did you see any? I, this is the only one I saw in the whole store was this one arsenal jacket in my size <laughs> sitting there, just sitting out and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking to myself, like <laughs> what in the world is an arsenal coat? And it's not like it's like some old arsenal jacket from like, you know, 20 years ago that they got at some, you know, thrift bin that they're throwing into the men's section. Uh, if you know anything about uh, the way soccer teams work, they have to renew their licenses for their uh, sponsorships uh, for different things. Not just who's sponsored on the front of their jerseys, but also who makes their jerseys. And for years, Arsenal had been with Puma. So only last year, Arsenal, Arsenal changed over to Adidas kits. And so when I looked in there, I was like, this is a new piece. I was like, this isn't like one of the old, uh, you know, uh, Puma things. That, like, this is after they switched over to Adidas, which means this was released within the last year. And I was like, are you serious? There's in, in Ontario, Ohio, there's an Arsenal coat, a new one from the new stuff that's just sitting there only in my size, only one of them sitting there waiting on me. And I looked at the thing, not that the price matters to me, but like I looked at the ticket and it was like $150 if I'd have bought it from the Arsenal store. And it has the Arsenal tags on it. It says $150 MSRP. And then I look at the TJ Maxx price and it's like 25 bucks. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, this is insane that I drive all the way out here uh, from the airport. Here I am in Ontario for the revival in a TJ Maxx. There's a British Premier League soccer jacket heavily discounted, only in my size, only one of them in the store, and it's for me. And I thought to myself, what in the world? The Lord knows 
Like just the little things that I like. You know, the, the, an arsenal jacket means nothing in the weight of eternity. It means nothing even really in life. It's just that the Lord, he, it's, it, it's crazy how when you're just doing what the Lord tells you to do, what he's called you to do, it's amazing how he'll just bless you with the things that are, you know, the desires of your heart. It's, 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 it's just like a little way of God saying, I love you. Uh, I saw Mike uh, Swinney that was on uh, today. I don't know if he's still on. Uh, Mike and Bobby out in uh, Montana, and uh, they they only learned afterwards that this was something that was a desire of Carolyn's heart. Uh, but they came to the meeting in Montana when we were there, and uh, came up to us at the end of one of the services and said the Lord spoke to us to. Uh, and I know Carolyn has shared this too on her broadcast. Uh, the Lord spoke to us to sow one of our cows into your life, and. Um, they didn't know, but Carolyn had been saying that and confessing that and, and told, had told me, you know, I'd like to have cattle. I'd like to get a cow. And, uh, I'm thinking, okay, you know, it's like, you know, we have like a yard that's, you know, this big and, you know, I don't know where you're going to put a cow. And then all of a sudden Mike and Bobby come up and, uh, they've got a ranch out in Montana, 2,500 acres or so out, out, uh, I guess in Northwestern part of Montana. Uh, and, and they said, this is what we feel to do. Well, they didn't know it. No, nobody, we weren't announcing it or anything on the broadcast or, you know, all this stuff. It's just that God knows the desire of your heart. He knows he loves you and he wants to bless you. He loves you and he wants to bless you. There's Carolyn right there. She's got the cow emoji in the comments section. She's got the Angus cow. I don't know if it's an Angus, but it's very, I mean, it's, it's amazing that, you know, God knows. And as you're just doing what you're called to do, God knows how to bless you. God knows how to drop things on you. It's a wonder. Let me tell you something. That's a wonder. <laughs> That's a wonder. And I know there's different levels of wonders, but let me tell you, when I saw this Arsenal jacket in TJ Maxx in, Arsenal, in, in Ontario, Ohio, I, it was a wonder to me. I was wondering, <laughs> what is it doing here? I was wondering what the heck is going on. And um, I know. Oh, is it an Angus emoji? It's a black Angus emoji. And it's like... Uh, no, it's not in the freezer, AJ, like a cow, like having cattle, like raising cattle, not to kill and eat, to actually have it and to have, and and I'm just telling you, it was like an answer to her personal prayer, her own desire of her heart. It's amazing what God will do for you when you're doing what you're called to do. And these things are wonders. Yeah, exactly. That Carolyn said, I could have knocked out my request because I don't have a farm for it. And so you can think to yourself, you know, like, well, that's crazy that, you know, I, I have this desire for cows, but I don't even have a farm. I don't even have land. I don't even have anywhere for them to graze or whatever. I don't have that. But then uh, it, the way it works out blows your mind because they're like, you know what? We have the land up here. We'll keep it on the land up here. It's like supernatural. It's supernatural. And people become an answer to prayer and, and, and God uses people to be a blessing. And, um, I started to think about that, that God will do things for you that people won't be able to explain it away. You know, people won't be able to sweep it under the rug. And uh, some of the things are going to be so large that it's going to blow the minds of people that know you, blow their minds when they see what God's about to do before the year comes to an end. I wanted to take you to Joshua three, because I want to show you a wonder that took place for God's people. That is such a supernatural thing, but the Lord gave them an instruction before he did the wonder, 
before he came through with a supernatural miracle. And uh, look at this. Uh, The nation of Israel has gotten to this place where they're getting ready to cross the Jordan River as the Lord commanded them to do. The only problem was it was the harvest season. And in the harvest season, the Bible says the Jordan River overflowed its banks. So it's a swollen, rushing river that you're not going to cross with all of your livestock and your little kids and your elderly people. You've got the nation of Israel. You're not just going to flippantly cross a swollen, rushing river. And so it was going to have to be supernatural. But uh, I love what, um, what Joshua tells the people, because when you, um, when you read the story in Joshua chapter three, the Bible says in the fifth verse, and I want to, I want to touch on this today in the fifth verse, then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. So what does that mean? Consecrate yourself, set yourselves apart, set yourselves apart. You know, we talk about the subject of holiness. All that holiness truly is, is being set apart unto God and being set apart from the world. That's what holiness truly is. It's obedience to the written word of the almighty God. So we're set apart unto God and we're set apart from the world. We're clean. We are separate. We are a peculiar people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We are different than the rest of the world. But understand this, it takes actions of obedience to be those people. It takes actions of obedience to be those people. Why? Well, it's like the apostle Paul said, you know, he said, even though, and he's told us, you know, he, he even felt in, in, in one portion of scripture to brag, albeit tongue in cheek, he was kind of tongue in cheek bragging. And he said, you know, do these, do I have to, um, uh, recommend myself to you? Do I have to commend myself to you? What all these false apostles are doing? He said, if they're, if they're apostles, I'm a super apostle is one, one, one translation puts it. And he said, I've been beaten more than they've been beaten. I've been shipwrecked. I've gone hungry. And he goes through all the things that, uh, would define him as a super apostle. And, um, but although he was one of God's apostles at that level like that, he still said to the Corinthian church, I have to put my body under on a daily basis. Cause if I don't, after preaching to others, I myself will become disqualified. I will be disqualified from salvation and disqualified from heaven. Why? Because I didn't bring my flesh under subjection. So what he's saying is I had to consecrate myself daily. I have to consecrate myself daily so that I'll be pleasing to God. And this is what Joshua is saying to God's people in the old Testament. He said, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord is going to do wonders among you. Hallelujah. Well, I already quoted um, Psalm 84, 11, where the Bible says that God will not withhold any good thing from those that walk uprightly. God will not withhold any good thing. Hallelujah. From those that walk uprightly. So that shows you, if we're comparing these verses all together, is that when we walk in faithfulness to God, when we make up our minds to obey this word, 
We make up in our minds to set ourselves apart from what's going on in this natural world. It puts us in position to receive every good gift that God wants to pour out on his people. And so uh, I want you to put it in the comments. Number one, consecrate yourself. That's number one, consecrate yourself. Put it in the comments. If there's anything that you can see that might be displeasing to the Lord, consecrate yourself because it's time to see the intervention of God in our families, in our lives, in our states, in this nation. And it's time to consecrate yourself. There's a divide going on in the church where we're seeing who is faithful to God and who's not faithful to God. And so consecrate yourself, consecrate yourself, set yourself apart, make up in your mind. I don't care what the world looks like. I don't care what it's saying and what it's doing. I don't care which direction culture is going. You know, one of the things blows my mind is I'm seeing these churches that are changing their theology, changing their disciplines, changing their tradition based upon the pressure of current culture. You know, I just was in Massachusetts when we were at Crossroads and you drive around different towns and you see all these churches that have pride flags hanging from the church door, pride flags, you know, and, and all they're all the rainbow colors and every, and then you got all those, um, <clears throat> signs that are up in those different churches, you know, love is love all welcome here, you know, just completely bending over to the culture, completely bending over to the spirit of this world. You see it. What's going on when you've got denominational churches that have literally changed everything about church to bend over to the culture and to bow down to the culture. Uh, what am I talking about? Well, you've got denominational churches like the Methodist church now, and these other denominations that will ordain homosexuals as ministers. So you've got homosexual men and women standing in the pulpit to minister to God's people in open rebellion to his written word. And that's what you've got going on. You've got people that have refused to consecrate themselves. And because they won't, because they won't, what has ended up happening now is that you've got people that are living in, well, it's what the, the Bible prophesied would happen in the last days. They, men would call evil good and call good evil. You know, that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing that day that was prophesied where men and women would call evil good and call good evil. Just on this one subject we're discussing right now. You know, it's amazing because as you look around, the one subject that we've had, that we're talking about, uh, we're, we're living in a time where if you don't applaud that, what's going on, if you don't applaud that, if you're not excited about it, if you're not, uh, approving of it, then you are evil. You're evil. You've got a problem. If you don't applaud this progress, because apparently this is progress. Now that we can have people in open rebellion to God standing in the pulpit and preaching, if you don't applaud same-sex marriage, if you don't stand up for it, you're evil. Something's wrong with you. This is what the Bible said would happen. People that would call evil good. And then what's the other side of that? They'll call good evil. 
What does that look like? When you stand for, and I, I love what uh, somebody tweeted the other day. There's no such thing as traditional marriage. There's just marriage. Marriage is defined by God between a man and a woman. There's no traditional marriage. There's just marriage. Everything else is not marriage because the state doesn't determine what marriage is. The country doesn't. God does because he instituted it. And so you've got people that if you stand for, I was going to say traditional marriage, but God centered, God created marriage. Then they call you evil. You're holding love back from people. You're holding happiness. You're a harmful individual. They're calling good. When you stand for holiness, when you stand for righteousness, they're calling you evil. And that's what the Bible said would happen in the last days. You'd have people that would call evil good and call good evil. It's demonic. It's demonic. And so we don't govern our lives based upon what's happening in the culture. I don't change what I say or what I do depending upon what the, which direction the culture is going. Because this is what the Bible said would come to pass. And you're going to see what, which people are truly faithful to God based upon whether or not they obey his written word. That is all we have to go on, my friends. That is all we have to go on. Will they obey his written word or not? That's it. That is it. Because Jesus actually said that. Let's turn to it again. I've, I've brought you guys here so many times because I'm training your minds. I'm training your minds how to think about certain things. That's why, that's why do you think I go live every single day of the week? It's because I'm trying to pour something into your spirit. Pour something into your heart so that your children and you and everybody else, we understand how to respond in these evil days. How should a Christian think about these things? How should a Christian deal with these issues? Well, one of the ways that you can know, you can know if somebody is doing what they should or not is what the Bible says. Because uh, remember this, our culture has changed away from facts. We've completely changed away from facts. Everything now is feelings. Everything is feelings. People vote their feelings. People act on their feelings. Everything. They're offended based on feelings, not facts. And everything's moved away from facts. And it's moved to feeling. So that's even come into the church where people are like, well, this just makes me feel, this feels right to me. You know, and God would never want me to do anything. I can't imagine God trying to hold back something from me that made me feel so right. Oh, really? You can't imagine. I mean, this is the things people say, and I know you've heard it. These are the kinds of things people say. I can't imagine God holding something back from me that makes me so happy. That, that is, that is literally, that is literally, uh, I hear that all the time from those types of people. I can't imagine God holding things back from me that make me so happy. Well, if what he's uh, forbidding is forbidden in his word, then of course he's going to forbid it no matter how much it makes your flesh feel good. No matter how much it makes your flesh feel good. doesn't matter. You know, the Bible says sin is pleasurable for a season. But the end of it, of course, we know is death. If sin didn't feel good, nobody would do it. I mean, like bottom line, if sin didn't feel good, nobody would do it. And so 
That's exactly right, AJ. The quote, makes me so happy means satisfies the lusts of my flesh. And so there's all kinds of things that would make your flesh feel good that God doesn't want you doing. You know, there's people that, you know, they, they'll get high. Well, you know, that makes your flesh feel good for a while <laughs> until you're addicted and you're strung out and you don't want to be on that anymore, but you can't get free because now you're in an invisible prison that's killing you. But at the beginning, man, it was party time until it's not a party anymore. It feels good at the beginning. The end is death. <laughs> exactly. Cameo said, a friend accused me of living in hate for saying homosexuality is a sin. It is a sin, but I don't hate homosexuals. I love them. I don't hate lesbians. I love them. I don't hate uh, transgender people. I love them. I don't hate bisexuals. I love them. Even those that are questioning, I love them. And I want to give them the gospel and I want to tell them about Jesus. And I want to, I want them to hear the good news with fire behind it so that they know I'm telling you this because I love you and I don't want to see you die. I don't want to see you end up in eternal death. That's why I'm telling you because I love you. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't tell you. I would just let you travel on down that road to hell and just watch you burn. But no, I don't want that to happen. I don't want to see that happening. I want you to make it to heaven. I want you to be blessed. That's why I'm telling you like this. So in John 14, 21, Jesus is teaching. And I bring you here all the time so that you can clearly see that it's not about feelings, nor is it about intentions. It's about actions. Look at the Bible. John 14, 21. Who, Jesus is speaking here. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them. It's one thing to read the Bible. It's another thing to obey the Bible. In fact, I want you to put that in the comments. It's one thing to read the Bible. It's another thing to obey the Bible. It's one thing to read the Bible. It's another thing to obey the Bible. Do you realize atheists will read and study the Bible in order to debate or contradict Christians. Muslims read the Bible. I've actually watched YouTube videos of Muslim apologists showing up to Christians on the street that are doing street witnessing or whatever, and they will stop them and they will debate them on camera, on the street, and the Muslims know more about the scripture than the Christian does. It's an embarrassing video to watch when you see that kind of thing happen. Because you've got people that have a lot of, you know, they have a lot of uh, uh, passion, don't have a lot of knowledge. And so it's not that there aren't people that read the Bible that aren't Christians. Muslims will read it. Hindus will read it. You've got uh, atheists that will read it. Agnostics will read it. But it's for the purpose of criticism, not to obey it. It's one thing to read the Bible. It's another thing to obey the Bible. And Jesus is saying here, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, obeys them. He it is who loves me. So I want you to get this in your spirit. Uh, Jesus is saying the proof of your love is your obedience. Wow. I mean, that's such a big, just let that sink in for a minute. Whether you're watching or listening, let it sink in. The proof of of your love is your obedience. That is huge. The proof of your love is your obedience, which means that your intentions don't matter. It's what you do that matters. 
He said, and he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him. Now get this part because this will make you shout and I'll manifest myself to him. Hallelujah. Those that obey God's written word to prove that they love the Lord. Jesus said, I will manifest myself to those people. Hallelujah. I will manifest myself to those people. Which means that the wonders of God, the manifestations of Christ, they're not for everybody. They're for those who obey his word. That's why I'm giving you this today. Consecrate yourselves. Consecrate yourselves. Set yourselves apart. Set yourself on a path of obedience. And when you do, guess what's going to happen? He's going to manifest himself in your life. Wonders will take place. Supernatural wonders. Makes me think of this passage of scripture uh, in the Old Testament. In uh, the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 16. And I love this. The Bible says, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support, glory to God, to those whose heart is blameless toward him. That word also means whole, whose heart is wholly his, the wholeness. My heart is turned toward him or loyal to him, blameless toward him. That's the ones, those are the ones that he's going to show himself strong and mighty on their behalf. This translation says he will show strong support to those people. Hallelujah. Strong support for those people. And so that's what we're talking about. That's what we're dealing with today is that if you want to see wonders take place before the new year, you've got to be a person who makes up in your mind, makes up in your heart. I am going to consecrate myself unto the Lord and let God do what he wants to do in my life, set apart as holy. Now let's go back to Joshua 3. Uh, that was Second Chronicles, Aaron, chapter 16 and verse number 9. Second Chronicles, chapter 16, verse number 9. Now I'm back in Joshua 3, where we were a moment ago, where the Bible says, Joshua said, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. If we back up a little bit, I want to show you something the Lord really dealt with me on uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it was this instruction from Joshua. The Bible says, uh, I'll start with verse one, Joshua chapter three and verse number one, then Joshua rose early in the morning and they set out from Shittim and they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel and lodged there before they passed over at the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people. Now get this. This is a principle that I want you to see and commanded the people. As soon as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord, your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. This is good. This is so big. I want you to get it in your spirit. 
yet there shall be a distance between you and it of about 2,000 cubits in length, which is about 3,500 feet. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way that you shall go, for you've not passed this way before. Man, this, this makes me shout, like it makes me excited. Notice the principle here. The Ark of the Covenant represents the anointing of the Lord. Remember, nobody in the Old Testament had the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. Nobody in the Old Covenant was uh, baptized in the Holy Ghost. Nobody in the Old Covenant was filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit as a permanent resident of their spirit. The Holy Spirit would come on people and lift off. Come on, lift off. Even with the prophets, the Spirit of the Lord would come upon them and then lift off. And here, the ark represents the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God. But notice the instruction. Let the ark and those carrying it go way out ahead of you. Why? So that you will know which way to go. Hallelujah. For you have not passed this way before. Glory to God. That's so, that so excites me. What, what does it mean to us? One of the ways that we, one of the things we have to do if we're going to see wonders is that not only are we consecrating ourselves, but we're doing this very thing that, that they were commanded to do, which is we must be led by the Holy Spirit. I've got to be led by the Holy Spirit. He said, let them go way out ahead of you so that you'll know which way to go. If I'm going to see wonders in my own personal life, if I'm going to see God do signs, wonders, and miracles in my own personal life, I'm not going to be able, I am not going to be able to do whatever I want to do. I am going to have to, have to obey the voice of the Lord. Because when I do that, I'm in his plan, supernatural things begin to take place. Supernatural things begin to happen. That's how it works. And so notice this, for you have not passed this way before. Glory to God. You've not passed this way before. Which means we're getting ready to go to some places we've never been. We're getting ready to do some things we've never done. Hallelujah. We're getting ready to see God move in ways we've never seen him move ever in our lives ever. I'm telling you, get ready for the best days you've ever seen by the power of the Holy ghost. Best days you've ever seen. Consecrate yourselves and be led by the mighty Holy spirit of God. When he speaks to you, move as quickly as you can move, move as quickly as possible. When the Lord speaks, why? Because he's doing one. He has a desire to do wonders among you. But the problem is many people don't listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. They just do their own thing. And when they do their own thing here, this, this becomes the problem. If I do what I want to do, then guess what? I'm responsible for my own provision. I'm responsible for my own strength, my own energy, my own pr protection, all that. But when I do what God calls me to do, then he takes care of the provision, the protection, the strength, the anointing, the resources, all of it is made possible by God. That's why I don't want to do what I want to do. I want to do what the Lord wants me to do. That's my goal. That should be your goal. And if we're going to see that kind of supernatural intervention in our lives, then it is going to take 
not just consecration, but a leading of the Holy Spirit. I could give you testimony after testimony after testimony of God speaking, speaking to my grandfather, speaking to my father, speaking to my uncle, speaking to me. And as we obeyed, things began to fall into place so supernaturally, nobody could explain it away. You've heard many of my testimonies before, and God keeps on doing it. That as I follow his voice, as I obey his voice, he just keeps bringing the supernatural to pass. I mean, literally, it's how, it's how God did everything for us. I mean, as I left Bible school, I got a word from the Holy Ghost, obeyed it, and blessing hit. As I got ready to leave uh, being on staff at the church in Virginia, Dominion Christian Center, I obeyed the voice of the Lord, and the blessing hit. As I obeyed the voice of the Lord to leave Virginia, as he instructed me to do, and move to Florida, the blessing hit. Every single step of my life has been being led by the spirit. And as I've been led by the spirit, the blessing hit, the blessing hit every single time the blessing hit. Hallelujah. And the blessing is going to hit for you. As you get a, uh, the voice of the Holy spirit comes alive in your heart. You begin to hear those things. I actually heard a guy. I need to deal with this because I heard a guy talking online the other day. He was on a podcast and he said, one of my biggest pet peeves is when preachers said, the Lord told me this, and the Lord told me that, and God said this, and the Lord spoke to my spirit. You need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And this guy claims to be a preacher and a theologian and spirit filled. You got a problem and you need to understand. Cause I mean, if that's the way you think, how do you deal with prophecy? How do you deal with uh, tongues and interpretation? How do you do with a word, deal with a word of knowledge, word of wisdom? How do you deal with being led by the spirit? Those that are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. How do you deal with what we understand to be the charismatic experience in the new Testament for the believer that we can all be led by the spirit of God. We can all hear the voice of God and to minimize it so flippantly. It's ridiculous, shameful for that person to even call themselves a minister and speak like that about the interaction of the Holy spirit with his people shows that you have no understanding whatsoever of the supernatural realm, which is why I'm just telling you, and I'll be very plain about this. There are no, there were no straight up theologians in the Bible, by the way, there were no straight up theologians in the Bible. You know, this, these, these people today that are all theologians for the sake of being a theologian with no active ministry, you know, that's basically what you do. You, you just study the Bible in order to study the Bible in order to, it's like they get so into that one vein. There were no just active theologians in the Bible that were not involved in active ministry. And I mean, full-time active work in the ministry. And that shows you because when people talk like that, they've not had to depend on that kind of thing from the Holy Spirit to see God move in their ministry and in their life. To mock it so flippantly like that blows my mind. It shows me where you're at spiritually. It shows me where you're at spiritually. And I don't care if you can read Greek and Hebrew. I don't care if you can read Aramaic and the Coptic manuscripts. It makes no difference to me. Because if you can't produce in the kingdom, then your faith is nothing. If your faith has no proof, it's fake. I'm just being very honest with you. We can hear from the Holy Spirit. That's the one of the, other than salvation, it is the greatest gift God ever gave the church, the Holy Spirit. It's exactly the greatest gift we ever received is our relationship with the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus said, my, my business isn't even done until I send you the Holy Spirit. Not even done. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not going to leave you alone. I will send the Spirit of God to you, and he will lead you and guide you into all truth. And I'm just telling you, people that act like that, well, all these preachers, I was saying the Lord told me, and God spoke to me, and I heard the Lord say, are there abuses of it? Of course there's abuses of it. But you better not mock the moving of the Holy Spirit. You better not mock the interaction and the actual purpose of the Holy Spirit being sent to the church. We hear his voice. We follow his voice. Blows my mind. It blows my mind. We don't mock that. And we don't make light of it because it's our lifeline. I need the Holy Spirit and his activity in my life. I don't mock him. I treasure him. I value him. I honor him. I reverence him. I, I'm in awe of him. He's my lifeline. He's everything to me. Jesus is everything to me. And so these, 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 this new generation of, of podcasting preachers needs to watch themselves trying to be acceptable in everybody's eyes and you're not even acceptable in God's eyes. We value the voice of the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us. We follow his leading. And if we're going to see wonders, it's going to take the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's going to take the guidance of the Spirit of God. We can hear his voice. It doesn't have to be audible. People walking around like we're nut jobs saying we always hear voices. He can speak to your spirit man. I don't understand how people don't get this. He can speak to your spirit man. Blasphemy uh, is to attribute the work of God to the devil. The unpardonable sin. Attributing the work of the Holy Spirit to the devil. Or saying it's demonic. And I don't mock, but yes, a form of blasphemy is to mock the voice of God and to mock God. I would not blaspheme the Holy Spirit or blaspheme the Lord. It's foolishness. Absolutely foolish to do that. And we need his voice. We need to hear his voice. Amen. I'm going to pray for you at the end of this broadcast because wonders is going to be our story in Jesus' name. Wonders will be our story. I want you to put it in the comments. Wonders will be my story in Jesus' name. Wonders will be my story. Father, I'm praying. For every person that's watching this, those that are listening on the podcast, we expect before this year comes to an end, wonders to take place. Supernatural intervention from heaven in every area of life, our health, our mind, our family, our finances. Do what only you can do, Lord. Take all the glory for it. Take all the praise for it. You're the only one able to do what we are expecting. So no man can get the glory. No corporation can get it. No government can get it. Only you'll get it because you're the only one worthy of the praise, the glory. You're the only one with the ability. There's no other God. There's no other God. There's nobody beside you. There's nobody above you. There's nobody else. It is only you, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory for your goodness. Let this be the greatest season of, of any year we've ever seen. I pray, Lord, that as we consecrate ourselves and we set ourselves apart, I pray in Jesus' name that you let us clearly hear the voice of the Spirit of God and lead us and guide us perfectly into the overflow you have planned, the wonders you have planned. Move upon your faithful people, Lord, like you never have. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we thank you and we give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Sow a seed that'll set you apart. 
sow a seed. People, you know, it blows my mind that people mock this. I never put any pressure on people. I give you opportunity. It makes me laugh. People are like, all these preachers talking about sowing a seed. If I could sit here and tell you every single thing God's done for me because of my seed sowing, it's been mind-blowing. But I know preachers that talk like that and Christians that talk like that, they're not givers anyway. They're not givers anyway. That's why I love you. You are faithful people to the kingdom of God. Faithful people. You expect it, but you don't just expect it. You take action to see it come to pass. That's why I appreciate you. I call you the victory tribe because you're walking in victory. There's a reason you're walking in victory. It's not arbitrary. It's not, it's not something that is um, random. It is something provoked by your obedience. And so today I want you to take a minute and step out by faith and sow a seed that will move the hand of God towards you. If you want to see wonders take place financially, it's going to take that kind of a seed. Do something that takes faith to release something that's pleasing to God. Those of you that are watching, you can use miracleword.com. You can sow by debit or credit card there. All these other ways are also on the website. PayPal, Cash App, Zelle, Venmo, all these other ways. Hashtag donate you can do on Facebook or Twitter. You can even use cryptocurrency now, which is awesome that that's fully set up. We have a way on the website for you to do that. If you'd like to use Bitcoin or Ethereum or XRP or whatever you'd like to use to sow, you can do it. Even cattle. Please ship them to Mike Swinney in uh, Guilford, Montana. <laughs> I'm here in Ontario, Ohio, all the way till Wednesday night. If you can get here, get here. It was great to see Britt uh, and the kids. It was great to see Paul and Tammy. It was good to see Dave and Carissa. It's great to see all the people that are driving in. We love you. And uh, we want to see the Victory Tribe. We're literally only 18 days away. Thank you, Letty, for that. We're only 18 days away from this partner banquet, from the Victory Tribe Homecoming Weekend. I'm very, very excited about that. But tonight is the last chance for anybody to register for the luncheon if you're a partner. Eight o'clock is the cutoff. And then who we have, we have. Uh, and so if you didn't get a chance to do it and you've lost the link, you've lost the email, send an email to Jenna at miracleword.com and she'll help you get registered. Uh, we've got like 120 people, I think, or something like that registered for the banquet already, which is good. They moved this into the bigger room. And so we're ready to go. Don't forget guys, uh, on top of all of that, that uh, we've got, I mean, we've got the um, Victory Tribe hoodies that dropped. We've got some new stuff I can't wait to show you uh, that's gonna be available very soon. All of it's available on the store, shop.miracleword.com. Um, we're not live this week uh, in the services, but we are putting out some pictures and uh, update videos for you guys to see. But I'll be back live with you again tomorrow morning, Wednesday morning. And uh, I love you so much and hope to see you. I'm going to be going. Thank you, Tobin. I'm going to be going to the Ministers and Leaders Conference for Thursday and Friday in Tampa with Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. Can't wait to get there. I watched last night. It was powerful and uh, looking forward to being there. So if you guys are going to be there, I'll see you there as well. Come up and say hi. Give me a hug. Give Carolyn a hug. She'll be with me. Um, but it's, it's going to be great. We've got three more nights of revival in Ontario. Get here if you can get here. I love you so much. Have a wonderful and a powerful day. And I'll talk to you again very soon. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.